Hey, she not putting out? Uh, no, she is. We, uh, we already did it. It's Cooper and Anthony. My girlfriend called me today. I don't want to say her name because I don't want to embarrass her. Mm. So let's just call her, I'll call her Maria. This is very interesting. So she got divorced a couple of years ago and we were just talking about it. She called me to tell me about like some of the guys she's dating and how dating has been because I was kind of curious, you know. So she was telling me that she's on like a bunch of apps and she's been meeting guys and she's like, you know, I met this guy. I really liked him, but I didn't want to sleep with him because I didn't want him to think I was a slut. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're 42. Like, nobody thinks anyone's a slut at 42. You're not 22. I could see if you were in college or high school where people are going to be like, oh, what a tart, what a whore. But at 42, here's my theory, and I'm wondering what you think about this. What I told her was, if you don't have sex with a guy, if, if the relationship is heading that way and it seems like you're interested in him, I feel like it's a very small window to get a guy interested in you sexually otherwise it goes right into the friend zone mm-hmm. so i think you have to be somebody that he sees as a sexual object otherwise the next conversation you have is let's be friends or do you have any girlfriends that would be right for me like suddenly he's your bff and he's asking you if you can like you know help him go shop for a date no so my first thing is once you get into your 40s i feel like at that point you need to become a sexual being Number two is, I think any guy that's going to call you a slut because you want to have sex, because you enjoy sex, at four, forget about the age, at any age, mm-hmm. if you're a woman who enjoys sex, that's awesome. That's great. You should enjoy sex. Any guy that's going to judge you for that is not a guy you should be with. Like that's that right. To me, that's a red flag about the guy. Nobody over the age of 17 is having this conversation. What do you mean? I, I don't think anybody over the age of 17 is thinking of a girl being a slut or not. Okay, so if you're 17, well, you've got young kids. So if you're 17 and your girlfriend wants to have sex with you or a girl you met and had like two dates with wants to have sex with you, you're like, cool. You're not like, oh, what a slut. I think girls think that way about other girls. Guys never think that way about a girl. (laughs) I've never in the back of my head went, oh, she's a slut. I'm not going to date her. (laughs) That's never. And I've never talked to my friends about that. We, We have no. No, there's no way. I've never had that thought. But you will think that way of another girl if she's acting that way. Deep in your head. You're not going to say it, but you're going to think she's a slut. Well, I won't because I'm all for women expressing themselves sexually and have sex with as many guys as you want to as long as you're safe and it's consensual. Yeah, I think now in the year 2022, if you don't have sex by the third date, you're not in the friend zone. You're in the swipe right zone. Exactly. No, swipe right's good. You mean swipe left. See, I don't even know. (laughs) So you're in the swipe. (laughs) You're, You're swiping left. And moving on. You know, this is interesting. This happened to, I'm not going to say what happened to because he's going to get mad at me, but uh, a man that you and I both know had gone on a date many, many years ago with, so he'd been dating this girl and they were getting closer and they would make out, you know, at the end of the night and then she'd go home and he'd go home. And there was one night where she invited him over. So he's like, oh, this is the night. 
So he starts making out with her on her couch and he starts to like, you know, get to the next level sexually. And she stopped him and she was like, um, no, no, I, I'm not ready. This is, this is not what I want to do. And he's like, that's fine. I'm okay with women saying no. I'm okay with you not wanting to have sex with me. But we should have had this conversation. Like, don't wait until I have my hand in your pants to say no. Don't, you should don't blue ball me at age 40. Well, exactly. That's well. He was he was like thirty at the time, but still, even mm-hmm. at thirty, like it's it's fine to say no, but don't have your hand on a guy's cock and then be like, no. It's like what? No, no. I mean, I guess yes, you could say no at any time. I get it. You could say, but for a man and for a woman, I feel like the mature thing is to have a conversation and be like, listen, I'm not ready to have sex yet, so we can fool around on the couch, we can do whatever, but this is not going in the direction you think it's going. Like say that ahead of time. I think in the moment, let me say this again, you could say no at any time. At any time that you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, you can say no. Mm. The difference was this guy that you and I both know felt like this girl was being really immature. Like, no, people are gonna think I'm a slut. I can't have sex with you. What are you talking about? He said, listen, we've been dating for a while. We're in our 30s. Either you want to have sex with me or you don't. Like, don't play games with me. I'm mm-hmm. okay. If, if it's no, no's fine. But say that. Don't wait until we're laying all over each other and then be like, you know what? No. Yeah, you know where the relationship is at that point. Let's say you go to a bar and you're grabbing each other's butts and you're playing and all that. Then you think it's going to go down that road. And if it doesn't go down that road... Look, I'm not 18 anymore. Right. That's the, so that that's I think that's the dilemma a lot of men have right now is, yes, a woman can say no at any point. Like literally you could be putting on a condom and she could be like, you know what? No, I, this is this has gone too far. This is not what I want. And it's perfectly fine to say no at mm-hmm. any point. But I think. If the guy is putting on a con, if he's naked and you're naked and he's putting on a condom, <laughs> that's a weird time to say no. I think that that's a red flag about you. Like you should have known yourself ahead. You should know yourself well enough to know, like, this is not a guy I want to be having sex with. I don't know. That's, you know, that's a real dilemma for a lot of women. I think, I think I've been in that scenario where I went too far down the road and then realized that I was making a mistake. And sometimes I've said no, and sometimes I've just gone with it because I feel like, well, it's too late to turn back now. Right. And then, and then I regretted it later. And I wish that I would have said no when the thought came up, but we'd gone too far down the road. But like this friend of ours that you and I both know, um, the difference here is it was somebody he was dating and they liked each other and the relationship was progressing. Mm-hmm. So at that point to say no in the middle of a sexual encounter when it seemed like it was, it just felt immature. It felt like she was playing games. Like there has to be a distinction between somebody's playing games versus they truly are saying no because they don't want to have sex with you. Not because... Like women do that. Women will say no because they're trying to get you to fall in love with them, stay longer. They're afraid to lose you. I just think it's a red flag if you're saying no because you're trying to manipulate a guy. No. That's the wrong reason to say no. We're not animals. 
we know where the relationship is going. We're not dumb. So right. we're not, you're not in heat. We're not having sex because we're, we're cats. You know, if the relationship on the third date is moving down that road and if she says no, or he says no, you have the, you can say that, but don't expect me to call you again. If I right. thought that's where it was going. Right. If you're saying no, because you truly think that you're not ready or this person isn't the one or something weird happened sexually while you were. You're like, hmm, that was sort of weird. That makes me feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I think the message that this friend of mine, who you and I both know, was saying that this girl was playing games with him and was teasing him because she was trying to manipulate him, not because she wasn't saying no because she didn't want to have sex with him. She did want to have sex with him. She was just pretending like she didn't want to because she was trying to manipulate him and manipulate the relationship. That's different. I feel like that's different. I feel like that's the loophole in well, this let's whole. Let's have that conversation. Let's right. conversate about it and say, if you say no, say, okay, is it me or what is it? If, if you say, I want to wait another six dates, fine. Let's have that right. conversation. But just don't say no and leave it. Right, exactly. Say Or say no and then... Maybe let a, let a guy know, like, I thought what you did there was weird. That made me feel uncomfortable. And then give him a chance to explain himself. It's one thing if you just had a couple of dates, you don't owe anybody anything. But they'd been dating for a while. Like, it seemed like they were, the relationship was moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think once you're, once you've been moving forward with somebody, like once the relationship is going somewhere... Um, anyway, so getting back to Maria today. So Maria, <laughs> Maria was concerned that this guy that she really likes, she's like, I'm afraid to have sex with him because I'm afraid he'll think I'm a slut. See, she just, she's insane. And I said, how old is he? She said, 44. Yep. I said, okay. I said, at 44, you want a guy to be sexually attracted to you if you are sexually attracted to him. You know, if you say no for no real reason, then he's going to think you're not interested. He's going to mm -hmm. think it's him or he's going to think you're fucking nuts. I just feel like at you get to a certain age where if you want to have sex, have sex. Like, what do you care what other people think? And like I said, it's a red flag if you say you're not ready to have sex and the person runs away from you. It's a red flag if you say you want to have sex and they call you a slut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all. That's all information. That's all good information. You shouldn't be like, dating if you fall into any of those categories. Just no, stop dating. Right. Exactly. Do what you want to do. If you meet somebody and you've been dating them and you're attracted to them and you want to have sex with them, the fallout of it tells you everything you need to know about the relationship. There shouldn't be fallout. If anything, it should make you closer. It should bond you as a couple. Don't give it up on the first date because I ain't going to call you back. If you want this relationship to last, wait a couple of days and play around, tease me, have the conversation. Okay, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. Because if you have to tease a guy, if you have to like pretend you don't want to have sex when you really do and wait two or three dates and then you finally have sex, trust me, he's not calling you anyway.
either he's into you or he's not into you. I don't, I am one of those people that I do not believe that when you have sex with somebody determines the remainder of your relationship. Well, I'm the one in this conversation with a penis and I'm telling you that if you give it up on the first date, I'm not calling you back. I slept with my boyfriend halfway into lunch on our first date. Like we literally didn't finish lunch, went back to his apartment and had sex. That was 12 years ago. As me... I want to be teased because I want to build it up in my head. I'd, if you give it up, in the, I'm telling you, first date, give it up. I ain't calling you back. See, that's bullshit. My, see, my boyfriend, what he thought was, wow, she's really sexually free and sexually open. Like, this will be an adventure. And we, like, we ended up, that's what happened. Like, having sex on the first date was just the beginning. Like, the first, we're, we're the only couple I know who 12 years into our relationship, we still have sex on a regular basis. Okay, then let's go down this road. People are who get together who are compatible, stay together. If you're not right. compatible, then it doesn't matter when you have sex. If you have sex... Yeah, but, that, that's, but that's my point. My point is if you want to have sex with somebody on the first date and they want to have sex with you on the first date and it ruins the relationship, then you weren't really compatible. Right. Yeah, but I forgot your name if you if you gave it up on the first date. I really I don't I don't remember your name. If it was a girl you were super into and she gave it up on the first date, you'd still be into her on the second date, trust no, me. No, no, no. I've always been the guy you gotta tease me though. Because I, I build it up really big in my head for days and days. And then when it happens, I'm like, eh, it wasn't that good. But you know what? It could be better. We could keep going. But if it happens on the first day, I'm telling you, I ain't calling you back. Yeah, but if she teases you and teases you and then it sucks, see, building it up in your head is not a good idea because then you have really high expectations. And then when the sex sucks, you're like, oh, this was supposed to be like earth shattering fireworks going off. And it was just sort of like, wah, wah. <laughs> I don't you think, know, I've, I, I don't I, think I've ever had sex where it's wah, wah. So I can't really say that. <laughs> Anytime a girl touched my wiener, I was happy. I, I usually feel that way because, you know, I'm one of those girls. I've always loved sex. But I have to say there were a couple times that I had terrible sex. Like, it wasn't me. It was the guy. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't like, think you, guys have terrible sex. They do. They mm. absolutely do. And I, unfortunately, um, experienced it. I remember this one guy. He was so awkward. Everything was weird and awkward. And then he farted. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was just because he was so nervous. Like, everything about it was just not good. It was not good. And finally, I was like, you know what? Let's not. Let's not continue. <laughs> and we ended, up not having, we ended up not having sex because it was like, it was just too weird and awkward. I was like, this is, this is not going to work out. This is a stupid. Show. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Six ways, you ready, to ensure you don't die in your sleep. I have to tell you, last week when we did the one, or whatever week it was that we did the one about... <laughs> when you should go all, call the doctor immediately. When you should, yeah, exactly. You got me so paranoid because one of them was if you poop blood. Right. Like straight up blood. So now all I do is like, I've never, I've never looked at my poop before. Now all I do is look at my poop. I'm like, okay, phew. All right. I live to live another day. <laughs> yeah. When I saw this, I said, I think somebody like you who worries about everything health wise, you, you're scared to death to die in your sleep. Well, now I won't go to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I want to bring this up. <sighs> okay. One doctor said. Pay attention to how your body feels. Do not ignore 
aches and pains. What is he talking about? Once you once you turn forty, you're always in aches and pains. Everything hurts. All right. It doesn't mean you have to be anxious about every random pain. However, it's essential to pay close attention to chest aches or pains that last or occur repeatedly. Okay. So if your chest hurts and it keeps hurting, mm-hmm. then you should worry and not go to bed. Okay. So that's one of them. Number, that's one of them. Number five, don't be careless with meds. Because I can see that now. He's like, all right, I took one sleeping pill. Then you're, you're laying there going, did I take one or did I not take it yet? I'll take right. another one. Because my brain, I have brain fog. So I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'll take another one. And then you forget and you take a third one. This is why I don't take anything. I won't even take Advil anymore because I heard it eats up your stomach. <laughs> and you could take one and go, I can't remember if I took one or not. And, but I don't take them anymore. I got rid of all my Advil. Nope. You don't take anything? Tylenol. If I if I have a really bad headache, I'll take a Tylenol. But even then, I don't. I try not to take anything. I don't take anything. Do not ignore sleep disorders. If you have sleep apnea, don't say, you know, tonight I'm not going to sleep with my machine. I'm just going to stop. Okay. Because that's not good. That increases your risk of sudden death if you don't pay attention to sleep apnea. Okay. So ask your boyfriend if you have sleep apnea. I would know that by now. You think? Wouldn't I? I don't know. I mean, you got to sit up and listen and see if you stop breathing. Oh, I would think I wouldn't. Okay, maybe how I would don't you know, know then. How would you not? How would you know if you stop breathing? You don't know. I would think if I stop breathing in the middle of. First of all, I would I would wake up feeling not good, like I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I always feel I wake up feeling rested, so I wouldn't wake up feeling rested. I don't know. I, I, somebody would have told me by now. I've had enough men sleep in bed with me. Somebody would have been like, you know, you made some really weird noises last night. And it wasn't while we were having sex. It was after. <laughs> no, because most guys sneak out. <laughs> oh, good point. All right. I'll ask my boyfriend. Do I? Yeah, I'll ask him. Like, do I stop breathing? Okay. You need to wear your eye watch to bed and let it track your sleep schedule. That's a great idea. Okay, I'll do that tonight. Yeah, see if it says anything weird. All right, get good quality sleep. Take sleep seriously. See, I agree. It's crucial to get enough sleep. Look who you're talking. You're talking to somebody who sleeps eight hours every single night. Trust me, I'm good. <laughs> it, when, when you and I were doing morning radio, I went to bed at seven, and I still. Get, everyone's like, "How do you? How do you get up at three in the morning?" Every single night, I'm like, well, I go to bed. At, I get eight hours of sleep. It's just not the same eight hours you get. Yeah, you you were still in bed by eight. I, no, a seven. I go to I went to bed every night at seven, mm-hmm. and I woke up at three. And if I went to bed at seven thirty, I woke up at three thirty. I get eight hours every night. Always did. Know your family tree. Know your family's medical history. Conditions can be mm. inherited. So know if your grandparents or parents died in their sleep and pay attention to that. Um, I think my biological father's still alive. I I don't know. Maybe he's not. Somebody would have told me by now, I feel, if he died, but maybe not. So I have no idea. Um, I know my grandparents didn't die in their sleep and my mom is still alive. So, yeah, I'll keep keep my eye on that one. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. 
mind-blowing facts about the U.S. that your mind is going to be blown and you're going to be shocked to learn. I'm so glad you're telling me this one because remember uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about like if you had extra money if you'd go on a trip to France or India where you'd go and I said I haven't seen the United States enough I haven't seen enough of this country so that's my goal like I've never been to Chicago like I want to go to I've been to London but I've never been to Chicago <laughs> you should so go, I wanna, go back to yeah. London instead of going to Chicago this is you're not missing anything no I really want to see it so I'm I want to learn more about the United States Pizza. Americans consume around 100 acres of pizza every single day. Wow. That's, you know, we have pizza night every Friday night. So we contribute at least once a week to that, to those acres. 100 acres. How many times a week do you eat pizza? Probably the last two weeks I haven't had any. We have pizza every Friday night. Yeah. And and you, you look forward to it. Yep. Pizza night. The current flag, you know, the flag that we fly. Yes. <laughs> was designed by a 17 year old in a 1958 school project. Really? I didn't know that. He only received a B minus on the project. <laughs> 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 He's like, damn it! I thought this was good, and now, now it's the most <laughs> seen, pri- uh, you know, design ever. I gotta know more about the history of this. So, wait, did at one point did he go back to the teacher once it was the American flag and go, bitch, I want that A? <laughs> <laughs> at least make it an A minus. Come on, a B minus. That's almost a C. Right, it is. I got a C for designing the flag that you fly (laughs) at your house. The American flag. You know the thing that flies over the White House right now? I (laughs) I did that shit. I only got a B minus on that. (laughs) And he's probably still alive because he's 17 and 58. He's probably still alive. That's That's a tough grader. Wow. Yeah, and you're walking into a store and you go, hey, hey, you see that? I did that. And they're like, shut up. You did not. No, it's, not it's not 1958. It's 1858. No, 1958. The current flag design with all the stars. Oh, as opposed to where it used to be in a, uh, the stars were in a circle. Right. So he designed all the stars and how they are on the flag. I and, see. got to be minus. got to be minus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are found to be the group of people most likely to assist a stranger. That's really surprising, especially living in New York. Alaska and Rhode Island. Alaska is 429 times larger than Rhode Island, but Rhode Island has more people in it. So I can fit 429 Rhode Islands in Alaska. Is Yes, but Rhode Island has more people than all that Alaska. That's so interesting because think about Alaska. I mean, there's only a few cities that are really, really heavily populated. There's a lot of small towns. There's a lot of open space, a lot of tundra, mm-hmm. um, a lot of snow. You know what I mean? There's a lot of... Listen, you've seen Ice Road Truckers, and you've seen all those murder shows. The Alaska is that Alaskan murder show mm-hmm. where they're like, "Yep, this town has fourteen people in it." <laughs> no, I'm watching a show on Netflix right now, or Discovery. It's Discovery, and it's Alaskan women. They like six of them left and went to Miami to find a husband. 
<laughs> but they okay. showed their life in Alaska. And like the gas station is only open between noon and one on Thursdays. <laughs> if you need gas any other time, you can't get it. Yeah, you're stuck. So that's the type of life they lead. And then they went down to Miami, which is a totally different <laughs> right, place. Right. Experts estimate that one in 10 Americans could be a direct relative to one of the 102 pilgrims that arrived on the Mayflower in 1620. What's so funny about that, if you know people that are really into genealogy, they're all like, oh, yeah, um, I have a relative that was on the Mayflower. Oh, yeah, I have a relative that was on the Mayflower. There's so many people that say that. The Mayflower had to be 10 times the size of the Titanic and fit thousands of people because there's no way that everybody who claims to be a descendant of the Mayflower is a descendant of the Mayflower. The ship wasn't big enough. One in 10 people. Which state has the most millionaires per capita? Uh, which state has the most millionaires, not billionaires, not millionaires? billion, million. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. You know this state well, and it's not New York. Well, the only other state I know well is North Carolina. No. I don't know North Carolina well. Okay. Uh, New, Jer- <laughs> New Jersey? No. No. Connecticut? Uh, no. You're not very good at this game. Maryland. What? Maryland? Yep. Has the most millionaires per capita. I need more information on that. Do they go into like why, how? Oh, wait, I know why. Because most of the people that work in D.C. live in Maryland. Right. And you know the state well because I I remind you, you went to school there. I went to school there. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) the grizzly bear is California's state animal. But one has not been spotted in that state since 1922. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, California! I know, <laughs> right? So they should change their state animal to like an to like a possum or something. <laughs> yeah, something they see all the time. Right. If you've never seen a bear, that can't be your state animal. There's only one state where coffee is grown in the U.S. Which state? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's. Let's see. Coffee is grown in. Only one state has coffee. Uh, is it out west? Is it Washington I'm not, or I'm Oregon? Not, I'm not narrowing it down for you. You know coffee better than anybody. So, which one state has coffee? Um, let's see. Well, let's see. Lots of stuff is grown in Florida because of the tropical weather. Mm-hmm. But lots of stuff is also grown in the Oregon region. I'm going to go Florida because of the how because of the the weather and the the humidity and temperature. Yeah, cuz coffee is grown where it's really warm. Yeah. Warm climate. So you would think Florida? No, it's Hawaii. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> I I did know that because when when I was in Hawaii, I bought coffee there that was made and grown there. So I should have known that. I have Kona coffee specifically that was from Hawaii. I <laughs> he completely that- forgot. Well, no, I was like, I know I bought coffee somewhere. I was like, it must have been Costa Rica. No, it was Hawaii. (laughs) See, that's why you don't think of Hawaii as a state. So that's why I knew I could get you on that one. No, of course Hawaii is a state. You don't think of it, though. But when you say which state, you don't think of, I don't think of Hawaii. 
Right, because it's not on the mainland. Yeah, it's right. way over there. Yeah. It's down there. According to the CDC, 34% of Amer- American men are obese. 34. Only, only, only 34. 34%. Should be, a lot <laughs> Should be a lot bigger than that. This will tell you right now how bad the government sucks. Okay. This is Somebody's got to fix this because this doesn't make any sense. The U.S. government spends 1.8 cents to make a penny. <laughs> and 9.4 cents to make a nickel. Yeah, okay, so that's why, I don't know about the nickels, but I know that there's been a big push to no longer use pennies and to stop making pennies for that. That's one of the reasons that they give, is it costs more to make a penny than the penny is worth. Costs more to make a nickel, almost double, double. what it costs <laughs> to make it, but they still make that shit. <laughs> it's it's losing money. It doesn't make any sense. Right? <laughs> that's, that's really screwed up. Well, the dumb thing is, when was the last time you actually used actual money? I haven't seen change in years. Oh, no, that's not true. I, f- I found a quarter on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's this? A shiny button? But they're still making it every day. It doesn't matter if you've seen it or not. They still print this crap. So yeah, they're wasting making. money have, on it. Yeah, we, we have enough. There are three towns in the U.S. that are named Santa Claus. Where are they? Uh, Santa Claus? I don't know. Probably Wisconsin. Oh. I don't know. There's three towns. Okay, three wait a towns. second. So there's three towns named Santa Claus. You're not going to tell me where they are? I don't know where they are. I'm not going to look it up. Okay. I am. <sighs> Jesus. Okay, there's one in California. There's one in Georgia. And there's one in Indiana. Okay, there you go. You'll never go to any of them. Well, I don't have to go there to know. I mean, just because I want to know where they are doesn't mean... Listen... Everything you and I discussed, I'm not going to all these places, but I want to. I want. I want the information. I want to know. Apple has more money than the U.S. Treasury. Well, oh my god! It's because they spend nine cents to print a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite. So they spend nine cents to print a nickel, whereas Apple spends ten dollars to print a phone that they caught that they charge us a thousand dollars for. <laughs> They're smarter. <laughs> In the state of Montana, are there more cows or more people? Well, because you're asking, I'm going to say cows. Three times more cows in Montana <laughs> than there are people. <laughs> cows could oh. take over. I'd like to see that. Over half of the U.S. states, the highest paying job in each state is a football coach. No. Yep. College football coach. You're kidding. No. Over half of the U.S. states, the highest paying job, football coach. Not doctor, not teacher, not lawyer, football coach. Okay, now I have to look up how much college football coaches make. Oh, my God. You're right. The average pay for a college football coach, take a guess. 900000 You're not even close, my friend. Really? It's over a million? It's two million. Wow. That is the average. So think about it. So if your college team is one of the really good teams that made like St. Peter's now, the the coach at St. Peter's Clemson or whatever. Clemson, whatever. Like they can now ask for a lot more money. Here's what's interesting. So the average pay for college football coaches is more than two million dollars. It's two point whatever. And their bonuses 
pay even more. There are 71 head coaches that earn more than a million dollars extra per season. And their players make no money. Well, yeah, because they're college. Yeah, so the players make no money. Coaches, millionaires. Yeah, but the coach has to be there for year, you know, for many, many, many years. Whereas the players come and go. You can't. Right. It's not the same thing. Afterlife. Some twenty-five percent of Americans believe in reincarnation. That makes sense because there's certain religions that believe in reincarnation, and we have those religions here. Weird coincidence. How about this? John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on July 4th, 1826, exactly 50 years after signing the Declaration of Independence. That's like when um, Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson died on the same day. Right. I wonder who got top billing, Adams or Jefferson? Ooh, I know. It had to be Jefferson. It had to be. They died on the same day, so you don't remember. What's the most dangerous job in the country? Hmm. Um, it has to be coal mining? Like the people that go inside the coal, the coal mines? You, you, you'll never guess. Never. Okay. Something in a sewer? President. President is the most, most dangerous, dangerous job? job in the country because there's only one for four years. So the odds pretty high that it's dangerous. I don't get it. Why does it make it dangerous? Because there's not many presidents. There's only 46. Figure out how many of them died in office. Half, maybe. So half the people that have done that job have died. So there have been 46 people who have served as president. Mm-hmm. Eight have died in office. Mm-hmm. Four were assassinated and four died of natural causes. So because there were only 46 of them... Eight is a high percentage. So right. technically, you're right about that. Because if you look at like how many doctors there are, how many doctors die at mm-hmm. work. So yeah, that's, I guess that's. Yeah, it's like 20% of the people who have done that job have died in office. It's, it's exactly 20%. You're right. Yeah. 27% of people are smart. Only 27% of Americans because they believe the U.S. moon landings were a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the number is that high of people. I think that's only because of like since the whole fake news movement, since Facebook and since all that, I'd like to see that number of Americans before Facebook because my guess is that number was probably much smaller. The average American spends 10 hours a day using electronic devices, 10 hours a day. But people use it for their jobs. So, yeah. of course they do. Eight, eight hours you're at work in front of a computer or in front of some sort of computerized system or whatever your your work system is. And then, and then you're home. So you're on your own phone. You're on your own whatever you have at home. So that's actually Is that not normal. crazy, though? 40 years ago, that number was zero. Well, but see... That's a stupid fact because you make it sound like people are just on Facebook all day long or on Instagram all day long. No, they're at work. They're using a computer for work or they're using a laptop for work or they're using their phone for work. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's, it's made work more efficient. So that's like saying 
people work. <laughs> <laughs> the Carolinas are the only place on Earth where the Venus flytrap grows naturally. That's random and weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you can be walking around and go, is that a Venus flytrap? And you, you're only going to see that in North and South Carolina. So you're walking around and some plant's going to start eating you. It, they eat flies. They don't. It's not a Venus uh, human-eating plant. It's a Venus okay. flytrap. So Fine. Unless you, you are watching that movie that had the big plant-eating thing, that's the only one. You mean Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the one. Uh, some sixty percent of all bachelor degrees in twenty thirteen were given to women. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. Although, Step in the right direction. Most Americans speak English. The country does not have an official language. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, good for us not having an official language. Okay, I didn't realize. That. I thought that English was the official language, and then people just spoke all different languages. Also. But that's very interesting. Avoid boring your audience. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. This is done only as a courtesy to your audience. All right, I got some old guy news for you. Okay. (laughs) You know, we always talk about um, celebrities and what's going on in their world. And, you know, we never acknowledge the older set of celebrities that I think need to be acknowledged today. So um, should we do the serious one first and end on a high note, end on a joke? Yeah, serious first. Okay. Okay. So the serious story that's going on that you might have heard by now is about Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a little deeper dive into the story that you might not have heard that I thought we should discuss. So um, Bruce Willis came out this week and said that he has aphasia. And as a result, he's going to step away from acting. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like Googling aphasia. Do I have it? Aphasia. What is it? So here's a simple explanation. So aphasia affects the part of the brain that has to do with memory and sometimes language. So people with aphasia, they don't have a memory, but they also can't speak. So that's those two things that are really important if you're an actor. You got to be able to speak and remember your lines. Those are two very important things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in case you're interested, the difference between aphasia and dementia is that aphasia affects a very specific part of the brain and dementia affects the cells in the entire brain. Got it. So they're different. So, you know, so we're like, oh, wow, he has aphasia. He's stepping away. Oh, it's sad. But if you do a little bit of a deeper dive into the story, which, you know, I always do because I, I need to know more. Like, that's not enough information. Aphasia, you just you know about the, what's going on. Like, this is not new information for you. So it turns out that Bruce Willis made 22 films in four years. Mm-hmm. 14 of them were released in 2020, and eight more of them are in the works right now. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, hang on a minute, this guy's got aphasia. How is he so prolific? 22 films. I have several answers for you. The first one is that the majority of the films, if not all of them, are what they call geezer teasers. Have you heard about that before? No, I thought that's what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my name in high school. <laughs> you were geezer te- teaser. He's a geezer teaser. <laughs> also known as a sugar baby. No, actually, a geezer teaser is a term in film that is basically like they find an older actor who's like super famous, like Clint Eastwood or 
Um, they did it recently with Liam Neeson. Uh, now they've done a bunch of them with with um, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. where they take an actor that is really well known, tried and true, and the dude's usually in his sixties or older or better. And they want the audience to think, oh, it's a Bruce Willis movie, or oh, it's a Liam Neeson movie. But the truth is, the dude is only in like a couple of scenes. He's a not even a secondary character. He's barely in it. They get paid about $2 million to show up and shoot like for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And and like, for example, like one of the geezer teasers that Bruce Willis is in, he's in it for seven minutes. Like seven entire minutes, and that's it. But when they cut the movie trailer together, it's all Bruce Willis. You're like, wow, this is a new Bruce Willis film. Got it. So, so when you, you see s- it, you're pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're pissed. And I'm, and I'm sure we've all been through this before, especially if you're a horror film fan like I am. I've been to many horror films where they're like, you know, starring, and it's some big name. You're like, oh, cool. And then you find out he's in like one scene. Mm. You're like, wait, this is not a Samuel L. Jackson movie. He was, he was a picture on a wall. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't in this. Right. Um, but they get paid a lot of money. And there's a particular filmmaker that is sort of known for that. And Bruce Willis kind of hooked up with him because every time he does one of these movies, it's two days of work. It's $2 million. It's the easiest money in the world. So he has been going through this aphasia. It started actually not too long ago, um, and it's been progressing over time. So there's this director, Mike Burns. This is his first film. It's the first film he's ever directed, and Bruce Willis is in it. This is a really big deal for the dude. And it turns out he's learned firsthand that Bruce Willis has this aphasia, and it's affecting his performance. Here's a little bit of a clip of him being interviewed recently on GMA. He was having some trouble getting some lines out right, and we did have to repeat lines multiple times to get the performance out, and it seemed like there was uh, something bigger going on. Yeah, so this has been going on for a while, and the way Bruce Willis has been handling it, he's got two ways that he handles it. One is he has a personal assistant he's had for many, many years, and he's been he pays his personal assistant an additional $200,000 per film to come on the film with him and be his entourage and kind of like guide him through, like, come sit here, go do this, don't do that. Mm. You know, so that way nobody really knows. It's like the assistant is kind of like, hey, Bruce, you were going to go sit in that chair right there, weren't you? Yes, I was. Okay, there you go. You know, so it seems like it's totally, totally normal. Nothing wrong with him. Um, and then he also has another actor. It's an actor who was on one of the sets that he gave a producer credit to, that he was paying about a little over four grand to whisper the lines into a microphone that Bruce Willis had in an earpiece. Mm. So there's a screen cap of it that's kind of going around the internet right now where you see Bruce Willis and he's all cut up because of the scene and uh, Chad Michael Vincent, whoever his name is, is standing over him and they're having this intense scene and you can see, if you look closely, is a little earpiece in his ear that they will probably Photoshop out later, where this actor is telling him what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you really can't hide that 100% until you Photoshop right. it. I mean, they don't have really inner inner ear monitors yet, so you see a little bit of it. Right. I think part of it also, you know, if you think about the the film world, especially a lot of the kind of stuff that Bruce Willis does. Maybe he's playing an FBI agent, so it's not weird if he has like a earpiece, like you know, mm. go, f- you know, go for McCoy, like that kind of thing. But here's the thing that 
I think, made him step away from acting because this is being reported by the armorer of one of the films that he was on. And now the director and the producer have all come forward and said this this did happen. One of the producers is denying it, but everybody else on set was like, no, we were there. This happened. So it was a film that he was doing called Hard Kill, another one of these geezer teasers where he's only in like a tiny bit of it. He plays the dad of a girl who's been abducted. And there's a scene where the the girl is being held captive and all the abductors around her with guns. And Bruce Willis's character shows up with a gun and is like, you know, drop your weapon, mm. whatever, whatever. Yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah, yippee ki motherfucker. The problem is because Bruce Willis is having this aphasia and he's not quite understanding the order of things. and He's not quite connecting to what's going on around him. He pulled the gun up and he shot the gun. Oh, before no. Before saying the line. Yes, that's the thing. You're not supposed to, f- you're not supposed to fire a gun. <laughs> Something right. like that. Yes, exactly. That's what happened. He, he He's supposed to say the lines first and then shoot the gun. Mm. He just started shooting the gun without saying anything. And that was the point where I guess his family said to him, you're now putting other people at risk. This is too dangerous. You know, he's an action hero. Right. He, You know, he's not going to suddenly show up and do grumpy old men, grumpier, grumpier, even grumpier old men. <laughs> I don't even know what which one they'd be up to now. You know, he's an action hero, so he always has a gun in his hand. It's too dangerous now. And I guess his family and his wife finally sat down with him and said, listen, I think this is it. Could it be COVID fog? Um, I mean, I think that's a real thing that we really don't know what the effects of COVID are long term. And they call COVID brain or COVID fog that yeah. you just forget things all the time. Right. But um, the difference is when you have COVID fog and then you go into a neurologist, I don't think they could look at your brain and see the same um, damage in the areas of the brain that cause aphasia. Mm-hmm. I think it's COVID fog. Um. Well, I mean, so far that's not being re- reported, and I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I'm reporting it, not anybody else. This specific brain disorder, you know, according to experts, medical experts, the way that you end up with this type of aphasia is a stroke, a tumor, a head injury, or some kind of damage. Like um, Gabby Giffords who was wounded in that shooting in 2011, Mm -hmm. she has aphasia because she was shot in that part of her brain. Got it. So could he have had a stroke and not known that he had a stroke? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. But that's, that's not my theory. My theory is that, remember, he's been an action hero for a really long time, and he does a lot of his own stunts. I guarantee that dude has been hit in the head many times, mm. the same way that football players get hit in the head as part of their job. You know what I mean? I don't think he's been um, severely, severely injured, but he has had injuries over over the years from the action movies that he's done. And, and I, th- I think, in my opinion, this is, I, I don't know Bruce Willis. I've never treated him. This is not my medical opinion. This is just my pop culture opinion. I think that he has the same type of, head injury over time because of being an action hero that an athlete might have mm-hmm. just being, you know, having your brain just shaken around for hours a day, days on end. 
So that's my first uh, old man story. In my second old guy story, let's talk about Christopher Walken. Uh, now Christopher Walken is another actor, except he's much older. So um, Bruce Willis, I think, is like in his late 60s. I want to say like 67. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Walken is 79. Yeah, he's 120. Yeah, yeah. But he's, you're right. He's 79 going on 120. When you hear him talk, you're just like, whoa, dude. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's still he's still in great shape. He's still making movies. Um, as far as we know, he's in physical, his physical condition is pretty good. So he's still, he's still working. And he's Christopher Walken, you know. And he's More in cowbell. a new show called The Outlaws, which is freaking amazing. It's a great show. Yeah, it, I've, I've been hearing really great things about it. And his co-star in it, um, Stephen Merchant, who's like a really famous British comedian. And if you're a fan of like of any um, British TV, you know exactly who Stephen Merchant is because he's worked a ton mm. with Ricky Gervais. And he's written like ev- all your favorite shit that you've seen in if you watch British programming, he's probably written it. So he's a well-known comedian and well-known writer. So, um, you know, so he's doing this show with Christopher Walken and he was being interviewed about it, and they, you know, it was, they were like, "Wow, Christopher Walken, like, you know, legend, the Deer Hunter, all those movies that he's done over the years, and the Woody Allen movie, and more Cowbell, and he's an icon." Um, he says, "Yeah, you know, but we had to fax him the script." Christopher Walken doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't have a computer, doesn't know how to work a computer, doesn't know how to work a cell phone, an iPad. He's a total luddite. He has no technology whatsoever. So, you know, me, again, like, I need to know more. Mm -hmm. So I did some investigation, some research, and I found that he had done this little interview with Stephen Colbert that I don't remember this getting any attention except for, like, the Hollywood Reporter wrote a little something about it. But for some reason, this didn't go viral. I feel like it should have. Here's a piece of that interview because it's kind of shocking why Christopher Walken is not into technology. I just got to it too late. You know, I think I'm right at a certain age where it just passed me by. And I never got, uh, I never got uh, to involved in it because it, it would be strange to have, you know, any, any 10 year old be, be much better at it than, than I, I am. So I, the other thing is, you know, cell phones and that sort of thing, it's a little bit like a watch. If you need one, somebody else has got it. So there you go. That's your old guy news for the day. Yeah. Graphic language will be used throughout this show. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. All right, so I want to get your advice on this because this has been my whole day today. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when your car, I have to explain cars to you. When your car gets uh, to a certain age, you have to change the oil word yeah you have to change the oil in your car do people know this yes people know this so okay it used to be every three thousand miles then it went to like every five thousand miles and now you follow your car whatever your car tells you then you take your car in to get the oil changed okay but i'm an oil change freak because i had one car alexis i didn't change the oil the engine blew up so I don't want that to happen to my new car. So like every 5,000 miles, I take it to, and I only take it to one place. I take it to Honda. Okay. No, you know, backyard garage guy is going to change my oil. 
Right. No, no cheapy. You're going to pay what you're going to pay. You're going to let the experts do the work. It's expensive as hell and I'll pay it. Right. Because what I do is I pull it into a little garage. They change the oil. They call me in like an hour and I go and I pick it up. So went today, drop. So they said, could you drop your car off? Fine. I'll drop my car off. I came back to get it about three hours later. Mm-hmm. So I get in my car and you got to understand it's a new car. Uh-huh. I don't let anybody breathe on it. Right. I'm well aware. I lived with you. Yeah. I'm a yeah. freak when it comes to cars. My car goes into the garage and then it drives to work and it goes back into the garage. And I haven't even driven this car in the rain. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if it rains, I take another car. I don't take this car. <laughs> and everybody at work makes fun of my car because if it rains, they know I'm not driving it. Right, you know, it's not allowed to get wet. Yeah, so it's never seen rain. It, it would freak out if it's all rain. <laughs> it doesn't even go through a car wash. I wash it with two different buckets with the water at seventy-five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this is how wacky I am about this car because it's my. I love this car. Right. Okay. So, so I take it today, and I said I want an oil change and a tire rotation. And they have to reprogram a key so I can have a spare key because it didn't come with a spare key. So, mm-hmm. so I go back. I pick it up a couple of hours later. I get in. The seat is really close as I bump my knee. I'm like, son of a bitch. So, you know, they moved the seat when they moved the car. Right. So they moved the car from the bay to another bay, change the oil, and then move it back to the bay. And then it's done. So I get in my car and I look at the miles per gallon and it's down to like 36 miles per gallon well i don't know what that means okay there's a computer that tells you what kind of miles per gallon you're getting in your car okay so i've been trying to get it around 40 miles per gallon so i've been babying this car to get it 40 miles per gallon so i get it and it's at 36 miles per gallon i'm like that's kind of weird okay I have two dash cams in the car. I have one in the front because you have to have a dash cam in the front. And I even have one in the back facing out the back. Okay. So there's this weird things about the car, like the radio is not connecting right. It's like somebody drove my car. Okay. Was your dash cam running? Dash cam was running. Okay. So I get home. I pull the footage of the dash cam and there's like, 75 different entries like somebody was driving it stopped it and all that so i looked at one of them the guy took my car to a store (gasps) parked it got went into the store got stuff went back in the car then drag raced it from the red light (laughs) put it in sport mode dogged the crap out of it Whoa. And he's talking on the phone the whole time with somebody. <gasps> Are you kidding me? This actually happened to you? This happened. So he's like, <gasps> man, this car's the shit. I love this car. And then he's talking on the phone. I can hear it. Fuck. Well, at least he said good things about your car. At least he didn't go, this car's a piece of shit. I don't, can't believe this guy likes it. I've never put my car in sport mode or right. gunned it since I've had it. Right. I baby that car. So I am pissed. Yeah, you should be. That guy should be fired. 
So I went home. I uploaded it to Facebook. Mm. I tagged them mm-hmm. and had all these comments, even a comment from your boyfriend saying I should sue. Um, so everybody's commenting on this. So about 530 today, I could get, I get a call from the service manager. Okay. Who saw my post. Good. On Facebook. And he's apologizing up and down. Mm-hmm. Saying we do not do this. This is not the policy of. Apparently you do do this. <laughs> I have it on video. <laughs> so he goes, there's nothing I can say. If I could go back in time, I would change it, but I can't. You know, he was very nice. Way too nice. He's like, I've okay. been here 28 years at this dealership. Nothing like this has ever happened. I'm telling you, the guy that did it, he's paying tremendously for what happened. Meaning he, they fired him. They fired him. Okay, good. So he goes, I know that's not going to help, but at least I thought I would call and apologize to you and say, this is not what we do. You know, this is not how we run the thing. And I was like, to let you know, there are five Hondas at this house right now hmm. that we all service at your service dealership. My son works for a company that has bought 40 Hondas from you in the past five years, and they service them all. And he's like, oh, he works for that company? Oh, oh, my God. You know, he's just flipping out when I even talked about that company. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, your next oil change and tire rotation, which is 100 bucks, is on me. If you ever need anything, here's my phone number. But I, I just, I, there's... And I was like, you know what? I'll take the post down. I accept your apology. Oh, he was asking to take the post down? No. He goes, you don't have to take the post down. He goes, that's not what this call is about. You know, he goes, I just want to uh, to apologize. And I was like, you know what? I'll take the post down. Okay. Um, so how would you have handled this? I think I think I would get on my podcast, tell everybody about it, and play part of the video for the listening audience. Oh, that's fucking neat. Bro, what? This car is fucking badass. Now two weeks. Kayla, this car on the speedometer, it shows the car, right? And it shows when you're changing lanes, it shows when you're pressing on the brakes, and it shows your turn signal. And say Vic Bailey Honda is <laughs> the Honda dealership <laughs> that if you want them to dog the shit out of your car, why? Yeah. You know, I told the guy, I said, if you put brakes on my car and you got to test drive it to see if the brakes work, I understand that. But this is an oil change. And right. this is a brand new car that this guy's never even seen before. And he wanted to drive it. And he said, yeah, if we drive a car to test drive a car, it's me. Or my shop manager. That's it. Technicians do not drive cars. Right. So, you know, he was quite upset, but very nice. Can we hear some more video of the technician driving your car and <laughs> yeah. talking to his friend, please? That's fucking neat. Bro, what? This car is fucking badass. Now two weeks. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, I mean, man. if it was, yeah. if I wasn't just a freak about my car, yeah. But I'm a freak about my car. I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
I, I don't think you have to be a freak about your car. I think any time that anybody does anything without permission, even if it's one of your kids, it's a violation. You feel violated. You feel like somebody has, has robbed something from you, has mm-hmm. taken something from you without your permission, without your say-so. You know, I, I it's one thing to like lend your car to a friend and be like, hey, have at it. And you know, whatever, you know where it is, you know what's happened, your friend has it. It's another thing if somebody just does it without your permission and is abusive. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, it's, it definitely, you're right. You take such good care. You baby the car. It has to be 75 (laughs) degrees when you wash wash it. it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's, you're, you're, you're nuts when it comes to that car. You're not a normal car person. Mm -hmm. If you were a normal car person, I'd be like, ah, you know, it is a violation. It sucks, but it's over. This is really a violation to you. You're, I mean, your, your car was, was like abused. Right. I was going to say in the end, like the guy didn't give you a free something. So I'm glad that your next oil change and rotation of tires is going to be free. Make sure that guy is there because can you imagine you show up they're like, that guy's not here anymore. That happened to my mom and I um, got duped by her car plates and the manager was like, I'm so sorry. Because what they said to us was, um, listen, we're not going to get to your car till after lunch. And we have a lot of cars after you. It's going to be several hours. So instead of making you sit here, why don't you go back home to the city and we'll call you and we'll give you like, you know, a heads up to come back in. And we're like, all right, no big deal. So we got in an Uber, which is not cheap in New York City, to go back to my mom's house. We were going to like have lunch and do some stuff and then maybe take a train back because we had plenty of time. As soon as we were in the Uber on the way back to the city and they were like, your car's ready. What? You told us it was going to be after lunch and we should come back in, in a few hours, maybe even tomorrow. Oh, well, you know, it turns out the guy got to it really quickly and then took lunch. So we're happy the car's ready, but you just cost us 40 bucks each way, mm-hmm. you know, plus tip. So it was $92, $90, whatever it was. So they're like, we'll reimburse you. Send us the receipt. I was like, fine, no problem. I send the receipt and I call back Monday. They're like, that manager was fired. The new manager said to go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. The new manager was like, sorry, we don't do that. You're Mm. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The guy's been there 28 years, so I don't think that's going to happen. But. I told him, I said, if I would have been driving around and saw somebody driving my car on the road, we would not be having this conversation right now. I would have pulled him out of the car and beat him. Right. You know, so just be happy that didn't happen. Thank God you have those dash cams. They have saved you many, many times. They saved us. I mean, when you and I got into that accident, the other driver was like, they went through a red light. We're like, "Uh, no, we have the footage. The light was green, bitch. Light was green, bitch. Yeah. Remember, he wanted to take me to court and sue me because he ran the red light. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, "Uh, no, bitch. Because he kept saying that we went through the red light. We're like, "Uh, yeah, this will be video proof. (laughs) This video. That's why I have not one dash cam. I have two. And... I usually feel bad when people are fired for any reason. I feel bad that they're fired. But if you did not see not one but two dash cams in that car, you deserve right. to be fired. <laughs> exactly. You're that yeah, big if you're of that a moron. stupid, yeah, right. If you're that big of a moron that you didn't see the dash cams and that you were dumb enough to take somebody's car for a joyride, yeah, that's 
not your no but look any job that you have if you abuse it that's that's the way okay so if you work in in a car dealership you can't really steal because there's nothing to steal that's the way you steal mm-hmm. you steal from work by abusing somebody else's car you know what i mean like yeah. you can't take brake pads for free because Everything is digitized. Everyone knows there's cameras everywhere. You know who took what. That's the way you steal from that place. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, like if you work in a movie theater, you let your friends in for free. That's how you steal from your movie theater. Mm. So that guy, the technician, stole from his job and he should have known better before he decided to do that. Sorry, you lose your job. You don't get the privilege of having a job. Here you go, my little tweaker friend. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. One of my daddy friends is having a little bit of a situation and asked me my advice. And I was like, you know what? Let me ask Anthony because he's a daddy. He's really good at at parenting things. And I think this one, this kind of story is right up your alley. So here's what he emailed me. He said um, that his son's seventh grade teacher, seventh grade. So how old are you in seventh grade? You're like 13? Seven. What's five plus a, what's five plus a seven? It's 12. Okay. So 12. Uh Uh-huh. my son's seventh grade teacher borrowed his sweater because she was cold, and he put all that in quotes. My son's a very good-looking guy, and a lot of girls like him. He's not teacher, a guy. He's a kid. Child. Right. He's a good-looking child. He's a good-looking child. He's a good-looking kid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of girls like him. His teacher is a very attractive, young, 22-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. When I picked him up for school yesterday, I noticed that she took off his sweater and gave it back to him. And it reminded me of like a middle school girlfriend wearing her boyfriend's jacket. And I thought it was odd and I thought it was inappropriate. I asked my son about it and he said, yeah, his teacher gets cold from time to time. So he lets her borrow his jacket or his sweater. Well, yesterday wasn't that cold outside. So what the hell's going on? Am I reading too much into this? Is this a bigger deal? Should I make a big deal out of it? Like, what's your take? No, it's he, he's twelve. It would be different if if the kid was fifteen or if the kid was in high school. Okay. So I think if the kid is seventeen and she's twenty two, then that's a big deal. But if the kid's in seventh grade, it's not a big deal. I mean, like he's like he's tall for his age. He's he looks he looks older than his twelve years. She ain't trying to sleep with the kid. No, but is she flirting with him? No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's later on, ninth, tenth, eleventh. I don't think seventh grade teachers are hitting on him. That's that's just wacky. Okay, okay. So you think that's just him reading into it too much, and that he, that she legitimately is cold, and because the, maybe the kid's the biggest kid in class, right? And his is the only sweater that would fit her. Well, at some point, you should say, you should bring a sweater from home, teacher. <laughs> you don't have to keep borrowing mine. You know what? Bring one of your own home. But I think the kid thinks it's great, though. I think it's totally inappropriate. Really? I think, yeah, I think it's weird. First of all, why is a teacher borrowing a sweater from a child? That that in and of itself is weird because here's the thing. You don't want to show favoritism ever. I mean, look, I, we all knew that the smartest kids in class were the smartest kids in class. Mm-hmm. You know, we all knew who was smart and who was dumb. And we knew that the teachers liked the smart kids because they cared about 
school. They care about education. We, we got it. Okay. But you don't want to show favoritism on something that has nothing to do with how hard you work or your ability. I think it makes them have like this weird relationship. I'm not saying like sexual, but like a, even a friendship, even like I think a teacher borrowing a sweater from a 12-year-old boy is fucking weird. Bring your own sweater. If you're cold, go to the teacher's lounge. See if somebody your own age has a sweater or turn the heat up. Do something else. I think borrowing anything from a kid is weird. Like what? So if she doesn't bring her lunch one day, is she going to ask the kids for lunch? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's really it's definitely crossing a line, whether it's has sexual intentions or whether she's just out of her fucking mind and mentally ill. Mm hmm. I'm I'm sorry. You do not borrow anything from a child in your class, a 12-year-old. Can she borrow a pen from him? I mean, that's a little different because that is see, a pen has to do with school. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say she let's say let's say they're doing math mm-hmm. and she forgot her math book. She could be like, "Hey, let me borrow your math book for a second. Like that is in the context of the learning environment. A pen would make sense. A book would make sense. Something that will aid her in learning. But a sweater's personal. If she's cold, it's not up to a 12-year-old to provide her with warmth, with a sweater. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, forget about what her intentions are, whether they're sexual or not. And I, I know my friend, he's very good looking, so I'm sure. I've never met his kid, but I'm sure the kid is really handsome as well. And I'm sure he's very popular in school. So I don't know what this teacher's intentions are. But even if they're not sexual, that is not cool. There's something wrong with that. I don't think there is any difference borrowing a calculator or borrowing a sweater. I see it as the same thing. Listen, it's weird if you think a 12-year-old is attractive. But when I was 12, there was a boy in my class named Keith who was, I mean, he was gorgeous. All the girls liked him. We were 12. He was 12. It was okay. And we recognized, at tw- even at 12, that he was really cute. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I-, I remember looking at boys when I was 10, at other 10-year-olds. Well, like, other I 10-year-olds, was 10- yes, if that's fine. If But if you're 22, yeah, I don't think you should see any 7th grade kid as attractive. If no, no, you do, I'm you not- should be locked away. I'm not saying that she thinks he's attractive. I'm telling you that the girls in class like him. Mm-hmm. So in so in their 12-year-old minds, he's a good-looking 12-year-old boy. So if if the teacher is weirdly attracted to him in some way, it's because he's the popular boy in school. There's something wrong here. It, this, this, this doesn't fit. You know what? Here's the thing. The fact that my friend is even asking mm-hmm. tells you there's something wrong here because obviously his hackles are going up. You know, remember, oh, you probably don't remember, but many, 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 many years ago, Oprah had this guy on her show named Gavin DeBecker. He was like a regular guy on the show and he wrote this book called The Gift of Fear. It's one of the only Oprah books I ever read, which is why I know it. Mm-hmm. And The Gift of Fear was all about that people tend to not follow their gut instinct. So if if somebody is about to attack you on a street, you turn around, see them, be like, oh, no, that person looks normal. But your gut is saying run. So your spidey sense, your spidey sense is up. So people don't listen to their spidey sense because they let their brain step in and go, no, she's his teacher. This isn't it. It can't be inappropriate. But my friend's 
Spidey sense, my friend's gut, my friend's gift of fear is obviously aroused that he penned an email to me to lay out the situation to see what I thought of it. Mm. So the fact that he's even asking tells me that something's wrong here. I think he's just a wacky parent. So I think you think I should say to him, here's what I thought. Here's what Anthony, I thought that there might be something wrong, that your spidey sense was up. Anthony is saying you need to check yourself and see if maybe you're just. <laughs> you're over, wacky. You're one of those. Yeah, you know, one of those parents that just overreact to everything. And he could be that guy. You know, that's the weirdest thing. You know, I, I have plenty of friends who are parents. I don't know them as parents. And every once in a while, I will catch a friend of mine parenting and they're, I don't recognize them. <laughs> it's weird. Like, you know, like you, you're a good example. You know what I mean? Like you're Anthony. Like I know you for years and you're just, you know, the idiot I do radio with. But every once in a while, I'll catch you do a parenting thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually impressed at what a good dad you are and how responsible you are with your kids and what great advice you give them, which I would have never predicted. Like knowing you, I'd be like, oh God, this is somebody's father. But then when I actually see you parent, I'm like, wow, they are lucky to have him. No, I look at myself and say, I can't believe I'm somebody's father (laughs) because (laughs) I don't do fathering things that often. So I pretty much hide from my kids. They never ask advice, just like tonight. My youngest son needed advice on something. He didn't call me <laughs> because yeah, I would look at, I, I would probably ignore his call because the hell you're doing calling me. It's probably uh, butt dialed. Right. <laughs> you never call me. So never ask my advice. Does he ask advice to his brother or his mother or both? Mother. Oh, not his brother. No, he'll ask mother, but not me. Never me. He just thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he was when he was younger, you weren't. But now he's older and smarter. So now you are. Yeah. Everything I bring up is like, oh, God, you're so old. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. How long is it going to be in 100 years? It's going to be 21, 22. Yeah. So that's 100 years from now. You'll be dead for a while (laughs) i'll be dead for a while yeah uh probably nope will there be anybody alive that knows us huh um in a hundred years from now in a hundred years i mean do babies actually know you and even yeah you know it's not impossible that like a friend of mine just had a baby that baby could live to a hundred Okay, but that baby doesn't really know you. Well, the baby recognizes me. I see the baby on a regular basis. Yeah, but I don't think in a hundred years, if they say Cooper Lawrence, they're going to be like, I don't know what that is. Well, no. Okay, well, hang on. Let's look at it like this. So if I live, I'm probably going to live another, let's say, 20 years or 15 years. The kid will still know me in 15 years when it's 15. So in a hundred years... I know, it's 100. but the, the old people you knew when you were 15, you don't remember. No, that's true. I mean. Well, no, but people in your life, you do. Like, okay, um, my grandparents, they had this best friend named Zelda, 
and she was the coolest chick. I never knew like a cool old lady in my life. She was the coolest old lady. I'd go visit them. I'd go right to Zelda's house. I'd be like, Grandma, Grandpa, hang on. I'm going to go. I'll be next door. Because <laughs> Zelda was the coolest, and I would hang out with her. Um, and she's lo- she's got to be long gone, I would imagine, because you know she was old back then. And I, when I was like 10, she was old. Mm-hmm. So she's probably long gone by now, but I remember her. Will Chris Rock be remembered as funny or cringeworthy in a hundred years? Oh, funny. Have you seen any of his specials? So people are going to look back and go, Chris Rock, funny. Chris Rock, bigger and blacker, is iconic. That will live forever. All right. 67% of people said, yeah, funny. 33% said cringe. Well, that's also because they're thinking of the Oscar thing now, you know, because they have that going. If if it wasn't for the Oscars, I think a, a bigger percentage would have said funny. Are we going to remember bigger and blacker or are we going to remember being smacked? <laughs> smacked. Smacked. Okay. Amy Schumer, 100 years funny, cringe. Neither. I don't think she's going to be remembered. I just, I don't see her career being, she's not one of those iconic comedians. She's funny, but I just... I don't think we're going to know her in 10 years. Yeah, 73% of people said, hey, we don't know who she is. Dave Chappelle. Icon. You think you think people are going to say funny? I don't know. You got to think 100 years from now. Not even just funny. Funny and um, irreverent and a visionary. Things that he says now are going to be even more relevant in 100 years. From, I, th- I think he's an icon. Yeah, 100%. No, I think he... Because he almost got canceled for one thing that he said. So he could be canceled in the next five years. Then you don't remember him. No, you can't cancel that guy. In fact, after all that, Netflix doubled down on him and paid him like another $100 million to do a bunch of specials for them. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah, most people agree with you. David Letterman, funny or cringe? I think he's already cringe. Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah, there, no. I liked him for so many years when I was a kid. I used to like sneak up to my room and watch him when I was supposed to be sleeping, you know. But uh, he's already cringe. Yeah, now the only thing that you see about Letterman are the bad things that he said to people 20 years ago. And not even the bad things, just the really inappropriate things. Like we look back at his interview with Paris Hilton, Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. He asked really inappropriate questions. He asked really misogynistic questions, questions that he would never have asked a male celebrity. Tiffany Haddish. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I'm sorry if you love Tiffany Haddish. I know, you know, here's the thing about her. I like her as an actress. I just don't think she's funny. Yeah. 56% of people said funny. Oh, yeah, I'm telling people love her. I just, I, I apologize. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I, again, I like her as an actress. I like her in movies. I don't think she's funny. Ellen. Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> 85% of people said cringe. Yeah, she's already there. She's already there. Jim Carrey. Did you see he retired this week? <laughs> I know. And I thought he retired like 10 years ago. <laughs> I was surprised that he's still working. I thought it was interesting how he was like, I've, I have enough. I've done enough. I have enough money. I have enough fame. I, I, I'm, I'm done. Um, I think he's going to be remembered as funny. I know that a lot of people are going to say cringe because a lot of his stuff was slapstick, but I think that's going to have a resurgence. 
I think if you talk out of your butt in a movie, it's always going to be funny. Always going to be funny. Yeah, 66% of people said funny. All right. I wonder if this was different now than it was a week ago. Will Smith. I think he was always cringe. Wow, 58% of people said cringe. Yeah. I think again, that ruined I, him. I think it ruined him. It definitely ruined him, but I think he was already... Listen, after Men in Black, we, we discussed this last week, except for Men in Black, which a whole generation has no idea what that movie is, you said. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that anything he did other than Fresh Prince and Men in Black was all that interesting or all that good, or I didn't like any of his serious stuff. I've I've never really been a huge fan, and I hate to say this for Jimmy Kimmel, we we don't know who he is in a hundred years, right? Yeah, you know that's sixty percent of people said funny, that's good. He's he's very funny. No, he's hundred percent. He's very funny. What I love about Jimmy Kimmel is he's really good off the cuff. Like he's one of these people that he thinks really quick on his feet. Mm-hmm. So he's genuinely funny. He doesn't need a bunch of writers telling him what to say. But I just don't know if. The talk show circuit, the talk show thing is going to be relevant in 100 years. Like, I mean, this generation's now that could care less about um, uh, Johnny Carson. Oh, no. No, that, you don't even want to go back and watch that. If well, it's like I mean. a and repeat, he, he, he is like. Pfft. Right. He was iconic. He was the talk show host. It was like if he called you over to the couch, people that became talk show hosts after that wanted to be just like Johnny. Like that was a thing. Here's Johnny in the in the movie. You know what I mean? In um, The Shining. So that was a thing. And now nobody cares. I love that they had to put this guy in. We don't know who he is now. Dane Cook. No, he was never funny. No, never. No, we don't. Who is that? 75% of people said cringe. Sarah Silverman. I love her. I do I think too. She's, here's the thing. I think she's really, really, really funny. I love her stand-up. We Are Miracles. I watch it over and over. I think it's really brilliant. I just don't... I think she's too much on the fringe of comedy society. She's not a mainstay. She's not a star in in the comedy world. Like She's not one of those people. She's not a, a household name. I don't know why she isn't because I think she's fucking hilarious and she's really brilliant and I love her. But in a hundred years from now, I don't think they're going to know who she is. And I think she's very hot. So yeah, still, still hot. Very hot. Jeff Foxworthy. Well, what do people say about Sarah Silverman? Uh, they say fifty-seven percent said funny. Well, no, but yeah, she is very funny now. But in a hundred years, they think she's still going to be funny. Okay, good. I hope so. Jeff Foxworthy. I don't know his stuff. Um, you're asking the wrong person. I couldn't tell you one Jeff Foxworthy thing. I don't know anything about him. You might be a redneck. Yeah, I, I heard of that, but I don't know what I don't know the rest of that sentence. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, you have to be in the South to get that. So sixty percent said cringe on him. Poor guy. Uh Kevin Hart in a hundred years. I, I never thought he was funny. You can't ask me that question. I don't know. I don't I don't get him. I don't get Kevin Hart. Seventy percent of people said funny. Okay, well then there you go. Chelsea Handler. Cringe. Cringe. Sixty one percent of people said cringe. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Steve O. Cringe. Cringe. The new Jackass movie, funny. Okay. Too much cock and balls in it. 
but it's still funny. Okay. He's another one I don't really get, so all right. Carlos Mencia. Um, I think he's funny. I know people I know people get upset with I, I think is he one of the ones who was accused of stealing jokes? Was it him? Mm-hmm. There was some it was one of the T V comedians who was like super Carlos. famous and was it him? I think he's funny. I'm sorry. I know people are gonna be like I think he's funny. I think he's gonna be considered funny in a hundred years from now. Yeah, I mean it's it's different for us because we're radio people and we've all interviewed Carlos 900 times. And, and he's and, hilarious. And he we love him. He always brings it. He's brings one, it. He's one comedian. When he walks in the, the studio, he's going to bring it. And, and everyone's happy to see him. He walks in. Everyone's People come from miles around. Carlos. Everybody loves him. So we, we, we think funny. Yeah, he made me funny. So, But 72% of people said cringe. That's because he stole jokes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Rosie O'Donnell. Nobody's going to know who she is. I don't think they're going to know who she is, but I think she's funny. Have you ever seen her stand-up? Her stand-up is 78% of people agree. Cringe. Yeah. Yeah, I figure they all say cringe. Because her her stand-up's very funny. I'm sorry. It just is. Sasha Baron Cohen. Funny. Yeah. I think we're going to look back at him and say... Genius. Genius. James Corden? Cringe. Big time cringe. Jon Stewart? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) You dated him, so you you have to take yourself out of that. Uh, 78% of people said funny. See? You didn't stay with him. All these people loved him. You dropped him. No comment. Jack Black? I think he's funny. Yeah, I think he's awesome. 84% 84% of people said funny. Good. Whitney Cummings? She's another one. She's just, she's not all that famous. Yeah. You know, she's done a couple of things, and I couldn't tell you one joke about her. I don't, I, the answer is I don't know. I don't know enough about her to answer that question. Yeah, because 54% of people said cringe. And last but not least, Adam Sandler. He's like a cockroach. He's going to withstand the test of time and nuclear war and everything. He will be around forever. Yeah, he's going to be the one guy out of this whole list that you're going to remember. And you're going to say that was funny. His kids and grandkids and great-grandkids are still going to be making billions of dollars in 100 years from now off of him. Yes, 68% of people said funny. 